Hello and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast. This is episode 272. My name is Emily Rainbow Davis and I am glad you're here. Today's blog is a bit about writing process and it was more popular than I expected or really not so much popular as like it got more engagement as they say, than, than I am used to or anticipated for this post, particularly because this one was one that, you know, it was just something I was thinking about and I sort of, uh, it's not something I was thinking about, you know, crafting and working on and pulling apart and, you know, there's a few, there are many that are like that, but this was definitely not one of those. Um, it's just like, oh, a little nugget that I'm thinking about and, and it, it got more response than uh, I anticipated. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, I think this was a more common experience than I expected for a lot of people. So that's interesting. Um, anyway, it's about, it's about writing and old writing and artistic output and all of that stuff. And uh, yeah, I guess I'll read it to you. How about that? It is called Every Word I Wrote. After the death of an old friend, I went on an excavation of old writings in my computer. I went back 24 years to find a poem I'd written about this friend and waded through so much writing I hadn't thought about in decades. The thing that stood out to me about this process and encountering the self that made it all was how much I used to believe that what I made would eventually be read or seen. I didn't necessarily think all those poems would be published, Certainly, I didn't feel that poetry was my best medium, but I did think, oh, one day I'll have a partner who'll want to read everything I ever wrote or some writerly soul friend who'll comb through my entire oeuvre and help me bring things to light. I used to imagine that everyone would want to hear every detail of my trip abroad as well. People used to give slideshows of their journeys overseas. Now can't imagine burdening anyone with all of that. There is no one who wants to read every word I ever wrote. It's too much reading. I think I used to think that my true friends would be the ones who listened to every song, read every poem or play or essay or novel I might write. But I have several very dear friends who have never done most of those things. Most of my closest friends don't listen to my podcasts or read this blog. 24 years ago, I would have taken that very personally. Now I know that everyone is very busy and I am very prolific and no one has time for all that. I used to imagine that theater companies were sitting around wishing for the perfect play to fall in their laps so they could produce something new and undiscovered. Now I know too much about how the sausage is made to imagine that such a thing could ever happen. I'd have a better shot of having my work performed somewhere if I were a reality TV star than if I had all the best playwriting credentials. I also do not have all the best playwriting credentials. Almost all places that take submissions for plays do whatever they can to limit the numbers of plays that come to them. Folks in powerful positions in the American theater, for the most part, do their very best to avoid having to read new plays 
by undiscovered writers. Everywhere that counts would 100% prefer to not have to read my plays than to read them. In the old days, I thought someone would read something I'd written, say, I love this. Where can I read more? This has never happened. In fact, the numbers of times someone has asked me to send them a play they could read, and then after I sent it, never mentioned it again, far outnumbers any other count. Do they hate it and just not want to say anything? Possibly. But I think it's more likely they just never read it. Because even people whose job it is to read plays for a living don't have time for all that. I wonder if this sense of perspective is a sign of artistic maturity. I shudder to think of all the things I shared with people expecting something, hopeful for some words of confirmation of my genius or whatever. But I also know that that young artist made a lot of things with the passionate belief that she was making gold. And that belief really kept her going. I know no one needs me to make the things I make. And only a handful of people want to see slash read slash listen to slash experience a handful of the things I create. It's not nearly so hopeful and gimlet-eyed as my younger self's experience, but it's also a lot less raw. I'm a lot harder to devastate than I used to be. I am so accustomed to indifference. I can walk forward in the face of it and it will not stop me. I don't take it personally anymore. People are busy. Most will never read, experience, or listen to my work. Doesn't stop me. Won't stop me. Just ever forward like a shark. I suspect that mature artists mostly don't thrust their work into the arms of those who do not want it. We've all seen the looks of terror on someone's face when we ask if they'll read a play or our novel or screenplay or whatever it is. I'm sure I have made that same face. There is no terror like the terror of having to give someone feedback on a terrible piece of writing. But if you want to get into a writer's good graces, you could ask to read something and then actually read it and then say, I loved this. Can I read something else? I do think this post is somewhat connected to the previous one about the body of work, because really this is about my, my body of work. This is even about the like un, unknown body of work, the, the deep in the depths of my notebooks and computer and all the places, all, all of the, all of the, the hidden works in the body of work. And I think there are a lot of people out there with hidden works in their body of works, which is maybe why this resonated for, for those folks, which I'm glad of. Um, that's, well, that's, why, that's why I do this. So we don't, all of us feel so alone. Uh, so today's song is from that hidden body of work, or rather it's actually a song that was not at all hidden, but it was never recorded in any way. Um, I used to play it with the band, I believe, although I thought I used to play this other song with the band that they were like, we don't, we've never heard of that song. <laughs> so it's possible that I am wrong on that point, but 
I think we used to play this with the band. Uh, and it's a song that I wrote in college, I think my freshman year. So I would have been like 18. And in order to, I ha- of course, it was written in that notebook that got stolen. Uh, so I had to kind of recreate it out of my memory and managed it. But it's such an interesting process to do that because I have to like become the writer that I was and not the thing is like I, I'm I'm I always surprise myself like the the younger you know the younger me surprises the current me like well it's actually that how interesting um I think I in some ways certainly as a songwriter I didn't know as much And that actually made me a more interesting songwriter in a funny way, like, because I just was just playing around and messing around and I didn't know anything. So I sometimes made some interesting choices. Um, Anyway, this so the song is called Piece of Sky. And uh, I I think it is quite purple. Uh, I would not write a song like this now. And... And in a way, that's a shame. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I have a, I have some, so uh, I have some affection for the the writer who wrote this song, which is kind of fun. Anyway, uh, so I'll play that for you in just a second. Meanwhile, thank you so much for listening. If you liked the blogcast, tell somebody about it. Share it in the places uh, on the social media that was down today. Most of. Most of it, no Facebook, no Instagram, no WhatsApp. I guess that's not really social media, but whatever. It's very funny to me. So, you know, if you can't share it on the social media, you can just, you know, tell tell a passerby. I don't know. You don't need to do that. Uh, but if you'd like to support the podcast with money, there is patreon.com slash Emily R. Davis. There's also Ko-fi and PayPal. All those links are in the show notes. And also just thanks for listening. It's a weird time and uh, I'm glad to have your support. Thank you for messages and kindnesses. They're much appreciated. So without so much ado, here now as Peace of Sky, it's uh, me on guitar and I I have a couple of uh, harmony things that I sort of do when I play it back, but I just felt like it's sounded the best, just simple right now. Maybe one day I will come back to it and and add some stuff. But for the moment, this is the just me and guitar sound. Just one me. Sometimes, you know, there's multiple me's, but this time there's only one. And uh, here is a song from the... The back catalog of uh, Emily Rainbow Davis, Peace of Sky. i 
Yeah. 